rejoice. I was reading an article this week that spoke about how even though pro-life people may be rejoicing because one of the obstacles they have been fighting against for almost 50 years has been overturned, but this is not the time to gloat or be boastful about it. The article was saying that's the last thing we want to do, but instead it's time to support women and children and men more than ever to continue praying and helping to change hearts because ultimately this issue has always been about it's always been about changing hearts because laws and rules and judgments rulings come and go but at the end of the day what brings salvation is conversion of hearts Jesus welcomes back the disciples today after he had sent them out 72 of them in pairs and the disciples are rejoicing lord even the demons are subject to us because of your name we can we can like stomp on the devil and jesus says i have observed satan fall like lightning from the sky behold i have given you the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and upon the full force of the enemy and nothing will harm you Nevertheless, do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That our rejoicing is not because things are going the way I want them to, or because it feels like I have power or, or control over something. But we rejoice because we've been claimed by a God who loves us. I was golfing with someone this week and somebody I was just meeting and he was sharing with me how he was feeling. Uh, it, he says, it's really been hard for me, Father. I was like, really? He says, I feel really discouraged by politics, <laughs> by our culture. He's like, things are so contentious that you, you can't even have a conversation anymore. And, and it makes me think that if, if we're seeking our peace from people getting along, <laughs> If, if, if I want, you know, a certain political party or certain things to go my way, and if, and if that's where my peace comes from, that, that, that's peace in the wrong, that's, that's the wrong place. Our opening prayer helps clarify, focuses this day. Our prayer to God, as we gathered, was fill your faithful with holy joy. For on those you have rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. That our gladness, that our, our joy is on the freedom that God gives us from sin. That, that his, his claiming us as his sons and daughters. That we rejoice not because we've stomped something over here that we felt was evil. But we, it's, a, it's a bigger reason to rejoice because we have been drawn up into the divine life of God. And that this is where we're called to find our happiness and our joy. St. Paul says today to the Galatians, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so what, is, what, is our, what do we boast of? What, is our, what, are we, what are we proud of? Now, there's a lot of things that we can be grateful for. I mean, even on this 4th of July, 
You know, that God, thank you for the gift to, to live in this country, in this state, and in this town. Actually, every time I walk through campus with one of our, our focused missionaries, there's a couple places we always stop and we look at the mountains and take a breath and just say, God, thank you for the gift of, of living here. Just, just like the little things, you know? And, and yet, as, as good and as important as that is, um, that our joy in God is even more. Now, I'm, I'm patriotic, you know, America, but, but the biggest reason for, for our reason to rejoice is God. More important than my health, more important than my, my parents, my family, for my, even more, yeah, it, for golf, you know, for my friends, <laughs> for my abilities, all these things that I'm grateful for, all those things can be taken away. Even, even the freedom and liberties we experience in this country could be taken away. And can I still rejoice? Can I still find my joy in God? That, that is he my highest good, my faith in him, that even if the whole world turns against me, turns against us, can I still have great peace? I, I propose to you that that's true freedom. True freedom is knowing that I am claimed and held secure by a God who loves me, even if the whole world turns against me. And you could, you could even look at the news today. It's almost a little discouraging, you know. You, you hear about what's happening to the faithful and priests in Nigeria. You hear about what's happening to women in China. You just you hear that all these things can be taken away from us. But can I still rejoice? Can I boast in the cross of Christ who's claimed me for his own? Well, while we're here this morning, six of our students and two of our missionaries are in Ecuador. There's, um, they're, instead of spending their 4th of July at home, instead of going on vacation with their families and friends, that they've spent this past year fundraising and praying, and now they're hundreds, thousands of miles away, sharing their faith with others. That they're, they're sent by us, they're sent by the church, and, and they're learning something powerful. That we grow the most in our faith when we share it. That's why Jesus sends out the 72. He's like, don't take anything for the journey, don't, you hear some guidelines, but trust in me and just go. And they, they come back rejoicing. And so Christ invites us to share in his mission of, of sharing our faith with others. Uh, one thing I am grateful to God of right now and is, is having Father Anthony Dang here. And on Friday, which was his first day, I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to campus. Because as great as the Newman Center is or will be in our new building, um, <laughs> that our mission is not just to have a nice building. I mean, we, we need that so that we can have a place to come and receive the sacraments, a place to invite others in to grow in relationship. It's essential. But a lot of people will never come here unless we first go to them. And so the, the two of us, we, we walk through campus and, um, you know, I try to say hi to everyone who at least look halfway my direction, you know, and... Um, <laughs> And there were several people who just weren't having it. So I was like, all right, we'll just shake the dust off and we're just going to keep on walking, right? We walked by one office and this guy like 
kind of waved. And I was like, all right, that's my opening. And so I turned and <laughs> I go into this office and I meet a guy I've never met before. I'm like, hi, how's it going? I'm Father Matt. He's like, my name's John. Great to meet you, John. You know, what's going on here? And we talked for a few minutes. He's like, you got to meet the other people in this office. So now all of a sudden we're meeting these other staff members that are there. Um, and it was beautiful to hear we're going to encounter people that would have never come here on their own. I'll say that again. We went there and we are called to go there to encounter people who will never come here on their own unless they're invited, unless relationship draws them. That's what all of us are called to, not, not just priests. Last story here. A few of our graduates were in town this week um, and they, these two in particular, have accepted the opportunity to be a missionary for the next two years on a college campus. They're focused missionaries, if you've heard of them. Fellowship of Catholic University students. So they were back in town and I was talking to them and, and one in particular, and I was just like, you know, how's it been going for you? And he said, he's felt so inspired. I said, tell me more about that. And he told me about this young woman named Michelle Dupont. She was a focused missionary and in 2014, she, wasn't, she had some pain in her arm, and so she went to the doctor, and sadly, turned out that she had cancer. And, and he told me the story of, like, she's, she's in the hospital room, and the doctor comes in, and he's like, I'm sorry to tell you, he's got family and friends around and stuff, he says, I'm sorry to tell you, Michelle, that you have cancer, and um, it doesn't look good, and you're not gonna live very long, 12 months. She took a breath, and then she looked at him and she said, okay, how are you doing today? <laughs> By which he suddenly ran out of the room, composed himself, and then came back a few minutes later. That here's a man who, he, he just gave this devastating news to this woman. And what does she do? She turns to him and says, like, like how are you? Like, how hard must it be for you to have to deliver bad news to people every day? He, she cared about him. And she ended up passing away on Christmas Day the next year. And on June 14th of this year, the cause for her canonization was opened. That here's somebody who died at 31, who spent several the last years of her life trying to evangelize students on college campuses, recognizing that our time is short and how much shorter it is for people to be in college and be reachable but they can come to know the everlasting, eternal salvation that God wants to offer them. That there's nothing more important than that. And, and as this young man shared this with me, he goes, Father, I saw this movie about her, we were talking about her, and he goes, I felt this desire and this joy, like, Father, I want to be a saint. Like, I, I wanna live my life like she did. I wanna, I wanna share my faith with others in a way that's lasting, that doesn't pass away. And so on this 4th of July, maybe in a particular way, more than ever, that we are invited to rejoice because we have found a greater freedom than this world can give, but a freedom from sin and eternal death of salvation offered us in Jesus Christ. And this is a reason to rejoice, not just one day when we get to heaven, but rejoice here now and, and to live for heaven and work 
so that we can bring as many people possible with us.